Welcome back to School of Science Radio. I'm Gino Ganello, joined uh, once again, uh, first time in a couple weeks, but he's back uh, with, uh, I'm joined by Calvin. Uh, Calvin, how are you doing today? Hey, Gino, how's it going? You're doing well? Yes, no, I'm, it's, it's great. You know, football season here in America starts, well, started on Thursday, but it officially really kicks off today. today um, yeah. Everton plays tomorrow. Um, so it's, um, you know, things are looking up here in, uh, here in, in America for me and, and I think for you as well. And um, yeah. hopefully Everton can continue this, this unbeaten streak they have here so far. in the That'd be great. Right yeah. 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 Let's get into uh, Brighton first. So before we get into to Burnley, we'll talk about the Brighton match. We haven't broke that down on the podcast yet. So yeah. um, Everton go in, go do the Amex. They beat Brighton 2-0. By ways yeah. of goals from Damari Gray, Dominic Calvert-Lewin gets a penalty in the 58th minute. Um, the lineups, I don't – just checking right now again, and um, I don't think there were too many changes from um, – other no. than Townsend, I think, started um, this game as opposed to Awobi from the, the match before. But other than that, yeah. a pretty similar lineup for Everton um, in this one. What were your thoughts on this one, Calvin? At least from a lineup perspective and then from a performance perspective of this average. Sure. Yeah, I think from a lineup perspective, right? I, I think uh, right now, I think the only choice for Rafa really is between Iwobi and Townsend, right? Because I think Gray is an automatic starter the way he's playing right now. And just like Richie and Dom, right? I mean, these guys are automatic if they're fit. So uh, I think just the only debate there was. Townsend or Iwobi. Iwobi started in the Carabao Cup game against Huddersfield. He actually played really well, I thought. Um, but then, you know, Townsend had that, like, you know, came on as a sub, got the winner in that game. So um, I, I think that, that that was the one debate there on who he would choose to go with. Um, I, I think Townsend's defensive work rate's very good. We knew going in against Brighton, they're a possession team, they were going to have a lot off the ball. Um, so I, I think Rafa just chose to, you know, let, let's be solid defensively and let's try and hit him on the break. And, you know, uh, Townsend is a much, much uh, more effective player playing on the break than Iwobi is. Iwobi is a possession guy. And uh, again, uh, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call him bad on counters, but I think Townsend was the right choice to go with. And then as far as the midfield goes, right? I mean, that's a no-brainer, right? Alan has to play right now. Dokore has to play the way they're, the form they're in. Um, so yeah, that was that was. Uh, I think that I, I think Rafa made the right choices there. I think the game went as we had predicted. Brighton would have a lot of the ball. We, I think we knew that going into the game, and uh, we hit them on the counter. We hit them with pace, and uh, yeah, and, and we won. Yeah, it really was uh, kind of a really complete performance in terms of the lineup. You said, as you said, really not much debate over the lineup as long as all those guys are fit. Majority of them are playing. Demar Gray right. gets a goal again, second game in a row that he gets a goal. He's looked fantastic enough to get a yeah. um, you know a, a player of the month nomination, um, yeah. which is you know for one point eight million pounds to even get one of those at this <laughs> point. I think that, big, right, um, exactly. But yeah, really, just we're firing on all cylinders. Defensively, didn't give up too much. Offensively, yeah. kept going forward, kept pushing forward, and and gave it their all. Um, who was your standout player from this one? Oh, man. So I, I, I want to say, I think for me, my man of the match was Alan. I, I thought he was, he was incredible, right? 
right? Um, he's he seems to revel in this uh, Rafa role where where Rafa has him not necessarily being that sit in the back shielding the defense. I, I think he plays a little further forward right now. Um, he's given him license to roam a little bit, especially with the ball, which is which has been huge because getting that added thrust from Alan and Dokere through the middle has made a big difference. Um, and then and then now we have you know functioning wingers who can actually run with the ball, who can control the ball, who can put in good crosses, and I think it gives us a much more balanced attack overall. Um, I think for me, Alan has, has, has got to be the man of the match. Uh, he had. He had that incredible ball, you know, over the top that allowed Gray to run behind the defense, um, get the opening goal. Um, he actually, I think, should have deserved. He deserved an assist for the second goal, Alan, anyways, uh, because of that wonderful pass that he played. Again, you know, breaking that back line there for Sheamus to run onto. Sheamus got pen. I mean, got fouled. Brighton penalty. He got a penalty against Brighton. Scored that one. Two goals. Yeah, that that was it, right? So. Yeah, no, I, I thought Alan definitely was, I think, one of his most complete, most all-round games um, since, since he's joined us. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, it's hard not to agree with that. You know, it, he played so well. And it, it was, you know, like you said, it, he kind of added in all facets of the match, you know. It was like, right. it wasn't just defensively. Like you said, he got in offensively and, and was yeah. part, of the, um, part of the attack. And that's, you know... I mean, if your center midfielders, Ducore and Allen are doing that and able to do that as well as put in a shift defensively, you right. know, that's huge. That's huge. It so, is, exactly. Um, yeah. So really, yeah, I think it's hard not to, to say Allen was the, uh, the man of the match in this one. Um, was there any worry for you that this was going to be a game that Brighton could get into and, and get an equalizer or, or take a lead? Was there... Or, or did you feel like Everton had control over this game for the most part? Uh, it was interesting. I, I thought there were phases. I, I, I thought we started well, and then Brighton sort of came, you know, played themselves back into the game. Um, but then again, Everton started playing better. I think once Everton scored and had the lead, they were able to sort of settle back into that defensive structure. And then, you know, really just... It was funny. It was like playing against Everton from other seasons, right? Because there's a lot of possession, just passing the ball sideways, going side to side, trying to probe down the wings, getting nowhere, played back into the middle again, and then eventually pinging across that the defense clears. And like I said, it was like watching Everton playing against Everton of last year or two years ago. So I, I, don't, I don't think I was ever really worried. Um, my concern was maybe coming out of halftime again, they were playing at home that Brighton would probably be fired up and, you know, uh, maybe Graham Potter would have given them some sort of, uh, you know, uplifting speech or something. And then they came out flat and I was like, okay, I'll, we'll take it. Right. And, and then, and we continued to play, I think just as well as we'd closed the half out. Um, so I think once we had that second goal, I, I think that pretty much settled it. Yeah. Um, again, you know, we're Evertonians, right? So we always like, no, no lead is big enough. And so um, I, I will say Brighton are always a goal threat, though. Um, again, apart from losing against us, they won again last week. I mean, yesterday, actually. Mm. So they're, they're, they're a really good team. They're up to fourth in the league. Um, and the only points they've dropped were against us. So I, I, I want to give credit to, I, I think, the whole defensive structure. 
that Rafa put in place because I think we just stifled them and, and just that didn't give them anything really. Yeah, I mean this Brighton team, as you mentioned, they're they're not they're not bad. Yesterday, they, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the teams that they're playing may not be, you know, we're not talking about Manchester City and whatnot, but sure. you know, they won one nothing over Brentford. They came from a goal behind yep. against Burnley in their first game and beat Watford yep. nothing. They've only given up one goal, and, and again, while those may be lower end of the table teams, um, yeah. you know. It's it's always a problem for Everton to try and break down these lesser teams and break down these exactly. little blocks, especially Brighton. It feels like that you, you, know, mark, you can mark that on a calendar as being a tough game for Everton. Um, always, yeah. But they managed to, you know, they kept them at bay. I mean, obviously, like you said, we're Evertonians. So we <laughs> naturally, in the 85th minute, it's still, you know, oh, man, I think we still need another goal to wrap this thing up. So, you know, it's never – I don't think you ever felt comfortable but, you know, I think yeah. it was a very, you know, when you look back at it in hindsight and you can really think about it, it was a pretty dominating performance on both sides of the ball in terms of yeah. being able to do what they could with the ball when they had it and being able yeah. to stifle that, that Brighton attack. And let's speak about being able to do what they could with the ball when they had it. This is another time where Everton did not have a lot of possession. They had 66, right. or they had 34% of the possession compared yeah. to Brighton's 66% of the possession. Is this something we're going to start to see more and more now? Is this Rafa ball not controlling the possession and just trying to um, take the space when it's there? Well, uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's so much Rafa ball as the, I think it is the squad that we have. Because, I mean, this is how Carlo played last year too, right? Um, I, I want to say against, maybe against, against the top six, um, a lot, I'd say Leeds, Leicester, Brighton, and these are teams that are much better at controlling the ball, controlling possession. And last year, too, I, I think we saw Carlo just choose to sit back against these guys and play 4-4-2 or just, you know, yeah, two banks of four in defense and just leave Richie and Dom up top. And so I, I don't necessarily... I think Rafa is, is doing what he can with the squad that we have. I, I think that, that's my feeling there. Yeah, no, I, 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 I totally agree on that. I just, you know... It, I just feel like we're, as opposed to Carlo last year, I feel like Carlo, it could go either way, you know, in terms of possession. I feel like some games, and especially when we did control more more of the possession, we lost yeah. those games. We did not win yeah. those games. Yes, we did. Exactly. I think Rafa has recognized that maybe, like you said, this is the team we have, and just yeah. not being in possession is, is something, that's not what we're meant to do. You know, with a guy like Dominic right. Calvert-Lewin up top, um, a guy who's a target man like that, and then Richarlison running off of him, and the players like Gray and Townsend on the outside. There yeah. is some pieces there that weren't there last year. The pace, specifically, exactly. I think, is pace. Something. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So that, and then we talk about this over and over again. That pace, I think, has changed the dynamic of this team, um, yeah, and has made it a significantly better team for, I think, what they can do. And I, I think yeah. they're more of a complete team. I don't know. Is that, do you feel like the pace has kind of made them? able to, you know, kind of handle certain situations that maybe they wouldn't have been able to handle last year or in years in past? Sure, sure. Uh, and, and, and so if you think about it, right, when you're going to play with, the, you know, the two banks of four, right, and, 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 or, or even the low block, right, what you need to relieve that pressure is to be able to play the ball long but also retain possession, right? Because if you hoof it upfield, it's going to come right back. Mm -hmm. But if you hoof it upfield and you've got players who can chase the ball and then give the opposing defenders fits when they run at him, now you have a chance, right? So 
I, I think we're going to see a lot of this. Um, again, I, especially against the top six, I think that's exactly how we're going to play. I think we're going to yeah. settle into a defensive structure. I think we're going to, um, and I think this is why Hamas right now probably doesn't have a spot in this team if we're playing a, a team in the upper, in the top half of the league. I just simply he does not have the defensive work ethic. He doesn't have the the sort of structural. Because it's all about being in the right place at the right time with Rafa. Whereas with Hamas, he does best when he can drift, when he can you know go out wide, come back in, and again there's a time and place for all of that. I, I think yeah, if we're playing teams like the Brentfords or the Watfords, and we need to break them down. Then having Hamas in that you know central attacking midfield role where he can ping passes left right and sort of control the ball, control the game, playing people, I, I think there is a place for that. Uh, but yeah, I do not expect to see Hamas at least start against when we're playing against say Manchester City, for example. Yeah, no, I was in. I was. We'll, we'll get into him a little bit more because I'm interested to hear what you have to say about him in, in terms of this coming week, another bottom half table team. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it also against the top six. I think it also keeps you know a lot of these top six have really good outside backs. You know, the Trent Arnold, Alexander's, Andy Robinsons, Marcelo, sure. Reese James. Um, you know, you can go on and on. And I think it keeps those players honest when you have that kind of pace on the counter attack. Yeah, and I think yeah, exactly. it, you know, um, in, in other situations when you you know as much as we love Awobi and and he has you know had his moments. Um, mm-hmm. You know the the speed isn't there really for, no. compared to a Townsend or, or Jamari Gray. So, um, you know, I think that that definitely keeps those outside backs um, honest. Um, anything else from this game that really stood out to you? Um, anything that I missed was let's. I mean, the penalty at least. Let's talk about that. Yeah, let's talk opinion, about that. I mean, we. I feel like the, every time we play Brighton, it goes the other way and they get a penalty. But yeah, um, yeah. Was this a penalty for you and, and um, you know, yeah. how, how it played out? I mean, what was your opinion? So, no, I, I think that was a no-brainer. I think that, that was a very clear penalty. I, I think uh, Seamus was, was in a good position there, um, you know, and he was basically going to run into the box. And, uh, yeah, they, they, they had been exposed uh, and, and they, they had to, Brighton had to take that foul. I, I think what I want to talk about from the penalty is more what happened after the penalty was given yes. with the Richarlison grabbing the ball. And okay, so I mean, geez, it's hard to be mad at Richarlison, right? He wants the ball, he wants to score, he lives for goals. That is that is the player he is, right? Um, and and and, and I mean, you just watch his body language, right? He he plays he plays cranky, right? He plays like a cranky old man. Look at his face. He's grimacing all the time. He's scowling. He's mad. And um, he just he just wants to get in everyone's face. It doesn't matter whether it's his own teammate or not. Uh, but then he scores, and then everything is right, right? He, he's got this huge smile. He does his pigeon dance, and 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 everything's okay. And and, and so that's that's why I, I see him grabbing the ball. I don't see that as a problem. However, you know, Rafa is a disciplined guy, right? And I would not be surprised if Rafa has taken him aside and talked to him and said. I mean, and Rafa Grimmon said it in his post-match comments too, that there is a very clear hierarchy as far as penalties go, and Dom is the number one taker. And if Dom's not on the pitch, then Richie's second, and that's fair. Or if we get more than one penalty in the game, I don't even recall when that has ever happened in our lifetimes, <laughs> <laughs> that Richie could probably take the second one, right? But yeah, yeah. so 
again, the way Dom's taking them right now with that, he's got supreme confidence. I'm concerned because he's hit them the same spot twice. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a worry. But again, as long as he keeps hitting him like he does, it'll be hard for a goalie to stop him, right? Because he he is hitting them well. So, but I I think until until Dom misses one, I, I think he he stays. Uh, as our number one penalty taker. And uh, I really think it's something Richarlison's just got to get over. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, on the Dom situation, uh, you know, he's been striking them as close to the corner as you could, like, putting yeah. them perfect. Because the goalies guessed right both times. Yeah, right. And they, exactly. it was just, there was no shot that the goalie was going to get to it. He's yeah. been fantastic. And even after the scrap, I think it's easy to get distracted by all that. And not think about the penalty and get distracted and miss the penalty and whatnot. He stepped up there confidently, put it in the bottom corner. Um, Ice cold, man. Ice cold. Yeah, ice cold, exactly. In terms of Richie, um, yeah, it was obviously, you know, you love that passion, the passion that you want to be there and want to have the pressure on you. you, That's great and all. But at the same time, again, it doesn't help Dom. I wondered if maybe at the time, obviously, we're before the transfer window. You know, maybe it's like, oh, he knew what was happening. He could be off to PSG, wanted to score. This was his opportunity to score one last goal. Or if it was sure. like him doing like, uh, you know, I'm here to stay, like I'm here to stay celebration type thing. <laughs> yeah. With that. So, you know, I, you never know what goes through these players' minds and what's their thinking. <laughs> but it was so yep. weird because week one, or, or the first time the penalty happened, there was no yeah. arguments. It was exactly right. Pitch. Dom took yep. the penalty and that was that. <laughs> And it was weird that it happened because, again, it happened before and there were no problems. So, right. um, just very weird. But, again, I, I think Rafa has, you know, made it very clear who is the penalty taker at this yeah. current moment. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I'm sure he's made that very clear to Charleston. So, um, he com- honestly, it's hard to forget. And I can't believe I did. But I honestly forgot about that a little bit. So, Thank you for bringing that up. Um, you know, two weeks ago, it's, you know, a lot of things happened. So, lots happened since window, then. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of things that happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you know, and, and we'll talk about some of those things and how they're relating to tomorrow. But let's sure. take a quick break. I think we've covered Brighton. Uh, we're yeah. going to talk about Burnley next. So let's take a quick break, though, and we'll be back after that. All right, we're back, and now we're – previewing the Burnley match, which will take place tomorrow. We're recording Sunday, September 12th. It'll take place tomorrow, 3 p.m. over here in um, America on the East Coast, uh, ten, or uh, excuse me, 8 p.m. I believe it is over in Britain. Um, Burnley has, you know, I feel like Burnley's Burnley. I feel like they, 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 they don't really change <laughs> much from year to year. Um, Right no, now, they currently no. sit in 18th place <laughs> on one point from yeah. their first three matches. Um, their first three matches were, uh, excuse me as I pull this up here, tied Leeds 1-1 before the international break. Um, they lost yeah. to Brighton, as I mentioned, before 2-1 in the first match and then lost to Liverpool 2-0. Um, yeah. A game, in fairness to Burnley, that Burnley had a lot of chances in. Um, and actually had a lot of space to attack in, which I was honestly a little surprised about. Um, and then they beat Newcastle in the uh, EFL Cup second round uh, on penalties um, in the middle of all that. So, again, Burnley, <laughs> very typical Burnley. Not much is true. Right. Yep. There, there's, you know, <laughs> last year they finished in 17th place. I would imagine they're about the same 
as they were last year. Yeah. Your thoughts on Burnley coming into this match and, and I guess the difficulties that they may pose and Everton yeah. team. So, like, like you said, right? So, Burnley are Burnley. They, and as long as Sean Dyche is in charge, I think there is a certain way that they play and that's, that's what they do. Um, I think I personally was stunned when they came to Goodison last season and played a much more open attacking game I mean, they blew us away in the first half, right? I, I think they scored twice. They probably hit the woodwork twice and could have scored another three or four times. We would have been buried like 8-0 or something to Burnley at home the way they played that first half. It was very unlike them. Um, so I, 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 I think Sean Dyche is going to want to do that again. And especially, I, I think he's going to be feeling the pressure right now, right? Because... Um, they haven't had a good start, right? They lost to Brighton. They lost to Liverpool. Um, they actually, they've had a difficult start, if you put it that way. Because if you look at it, Brighton, Liverpool, and Leeds are all good possession teams. They're all very good attacking teams. And they've come away from that with just the one point. So I think Sean Dyche and his squad are looking at uh, the Everton game as their first winnable game of the season. Um, so I expect them, you know, to, to come out fired up. Um, they, they, they tend to be very difficult to play uh, both because of pace and because of the way they press with their strikers. Um, they've got very big, determined players who will cause trouble. So, um, you know, we didn't, we didn't really dig too much into it. But uh, in the Brighton game, when we saw uh, Michael Keane and Mason Holgate come out again, we are like, oh, my word, how are these guys playing again? But they actually played really well. Um, I, I, I would worry if it was the same two guys again playing against Burnley because of just, you know, again, the aerial attack that Burnley posed. Um, so I really want to see Yerimina in. I think I want to see Godfrey in. Um, I think they've both been training. I think Rafa is going to probably go with those two guys. Um, so I think where, where this game's going to be won or lost um, is going to be out on the wings again, right? So, you know, what you had mentioned earlier about Townsend and Gray keeping their fullbacks and their wingers honest, right? So, with us posing that threat on the wings, I don't see them dominating the game as much as they did last time around. Um, and, you know, they've got Dwight McNeil, who, has, you know, we were linked with Dwight McNeil. He's obviously, I think, is a very good young winger. Um, I, I think, uh, I, I think... I think it's going to go differently tomorrow. Um, and again, the big factor there, Goodison being packed, uh, Monday night football game, it, it's, it's going to be a bear pit. I, I, you know, I think we're going to make a, a bunch of noise and I think we're going we're gonna to punch him in the mouth. I think that that's exactly how we're going to play tomorrow. I, I think it's going to be open because uh, I don't think Sean Dyche is coming to play for a draw tomorrow. That doesn't help. It doesn't help his team right now, uh, sitting where they are in the league. So I, I think it's actually going to be a fun game. It, it might actually be more open than you would expect playing against Burnley. Uh, but I, I think both teams are going to try to get an early goal. Um, I, I think I'm going to look to Everton to not make a stupid mistake and concede early, whether it's from a set piece or something, because that's where Burnley's threat is. Um, and then, yeah, I think, you know, try, try and, you know, sort of turn the screws on them, right? Uh, I think possession might actually be interesting tomorrow. It might be much, much more even. Yeah, I, you know, in terms of Burnley's rough start, since we beat them, or since we lost to them back in March, this earlier this year in the middle of March, they've had 12 Premier League matches. They've only won two of them. Majority of those, uh, the other ones are losses. Um, yep. So, as you said, Sean Dyche now is looking, looking like he might be in a little bit of trouble just because 
you know, yes, Burnley stayed up in the Premier League, but as time goes on, just staying up isn't good enough. You know, you know, there's got to be some sort of progress. So you could totally see them being on the, uh, be him being on the hot seat. Um, In terms of us, or in terms of them uh, tomorrow, I feel obviously Ashley Barnes and Chris Wood will be. They'll cause problems for the center backs. That's going to be an issue, and it's going to be something that they need to deal with, which will be interesting to figure out. Um, Other than that, Dwight McNeil, obviously a talented player. Those three players looked really good in the game. Again, I don't watch Burnley too much, but I did watch them when they played Liverpool. And those three players looked very solid at certain points for them um, across certain points of the match against Liverpool. Um, But if, if it is an open match, I would expect that to help us. Typically, yeah. we face yeah. Burnley, and they play the low block, and they hit us, you know, and yeah. set pieces, like you said, with Ben Mee, and uh, what do they have, Tarkowski, I think, is their other center back or something like yeah. that. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. Yeah, those are, you know, those cause us problems, and naturally, you know, the Michael Keane, it, it, it's going to, there's going to be some problems there, I think, to figure out, but I think if Everton play like they have been playing, there really should be no problem here. There, there should be, yeah. you know, we should be able to attack. Uh, in the way we want to. One of the problems we will face is the question of fitness of Seamus Coleman. Obviously, yeah. now we um, go through the transfer window. We don't get a right back. And in typical Everton fashion, Seamus goes out <laughs> on international duty and gets hurt four days later. Yep. <laughs> so, um, John Joe Ken, I mean, Seamus is almost definitely out for this game, right? Is Is that – I, I don't remember what Rafa said, but yeah, you like it, it's probably. It, it's hard to tell with Rafa. I think I have noticed this about Rafa early on from his pressers is um, he's he's usually very cagey about his news, right? So uh, you know, not, not unlike Carlo, Carlo was very clear. Uh, if Seamus is unavailable, Seamus is unavailable, and he would say it two weeks before it happened. Yeah. Whereas Rafa, Rafa does seem to really hedge his bets, and I, I think it, I, I like it. I like it because I think he's playing mind games. With opposing managers, right? So uh, he, he said Seamus is training and is available. Now, uh, in the training videos that we just watched that came out on Thursday, we didn't see Coleman on the pitch. So it's interesting. He might be training off uh, on his own, which tells me then that means he's not match or game ready. Um, <clears throat> but uh, again, uh, I, I think if he's fit, he plays. Um, with muscular injuries, I think the worry is you don't necessarily want to play someone who's not 100% because um, those, those tend to go sideways really quickly, right? So uh, I, I don't think if Coleman's not 100%, I think the challenge there for Rafa is going to be um, does he go with Jonjo or does he actually go with Mason Holgate, who after that clean sheet at Brighton, I, I think he's got to be flying. He's, he's got to be, his confidence has got to be great at this point. Um, He's definitely a more physical player than John Joe Kenny is. And, and that's, you're going to need that physicality playing against Burnley. Who, uh, Bur- Burnley play rugby sometimes, right? And so uh, in, in a rugby game, I would rather have Holgate on my team than Kenny. You know what I mean? Maybe even over Coleman. So, yeah. So unless Coleman's 100% fit, I, I, I see Rafa going with Holgate on this one. Yeah, I, I can't imagine... I don't, you never know. I mean, you never know with these situations. Yeah. My bet would be that John Joe Kenny starts. And obviously I think, you know, obviously in the press conference, you know, Rafa is not going to come out and say, 
you know, especially in, in terms of player management, he's not going to come out and say, you know, we missed out on all our targets and unfortunately we're left <laughs> with John Joe Kenny. That's never going to happen. No. <laughs> but I think that's obviously what happened is, is just that, that there was, and, and I think part of him is right. There was no better option out there that yeah. we could get and we could afford than John Joe Kenny. So this is what yeah. we're sticking with right now. And, and he hasn't performed great in past, but in a game against Burnley, maybe this is a game where he can kind of, show his abilities and, and kind of get somewhere. And, and, you know, I, it, it's going to be interesting to see what he can do. He hasn't lived up to any potential or, or hasn't really lived up no. to being what he could be, I guess, or, or really a, a Seamus replacement in the past, but all we can do is hope right now. And he is probably, I mean, the question is, you know, I mean, and we talked about this in the chat a little bit, would you rather John Joe Kenny there? Or would you rather Mason Holgate there? Yeah. And I think in a game against Burnley, you'd rather John Joe Kenny there because it gives you more going forward. Maybe it in does. a match against the Manchester United or a Chelsea, you, you put Holgate there. But in this current moment, I think John Joe Kenny is, is, is the guy right now. And he's going to get a good stretch of games here because if Coleman is out, and, and again, yeah. he is, you know, we don't know, but if he is out for an extended period of time, this isn't a tough stretch. You know, it's not like we have to play – Liverpool City, Tottenham, or whatever, you know, across these right. yeah. matches. Exactly. There's spots for him to shine. So yeah. that will, it'll be interesting to see how he performs because if he can't perform against these teams, the worry is only going to grow against the bigger teams and, and the bigger spots. Exactly. So yeah. um, we'll see how that plays out. We did talk about Hamas a little bit. This is one of those matches against a team that's of lesser quality. Do you expect to see him in any facet in this game? I mean, my personal opinion is, if anything, off the bench, but. I mean, yeah. we could see something with Rafa using him elsewhere otherwise. Yeah, so I, I don't see Hamas starting this one, right? And I, 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 I don't see Rafa going to Hamas if, say, we're leading this game and there's 20 minutes left. Uh, I don't think he's going to bring Hamas out just because, again, you know, defensive structure, um, discipline, and all, all of those things. Um, I will say, I guess, listening to Hamas's latest uh, conversations which, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> right, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think it's so strange when you listen to those because it's like, who are you addressing? Are you talking to your fans? Are you kind of like talking to yourself? Because I, I really get that vibe because I've listened in a couple of times. And then, like I said, I just, I just, it's just the vibe of uh, uh, he's turned it into like a, a blog, right? Where he's kind of just like rambling. He's talking to himself. But then sometimes he directly addresses the fans. But anyway, to get to the point, um, I, I, he, he actually sounds like he's motivated to prove a point, which is good from an Everton perspective because, hey, if he makes it onto the pitch, um, I, I think he's going to, like I said, he's going to play like he's got a point to prove, which, which is great because that, like, as far as output goes, that would be wonderful, right? Uh, I don't want him to be a disruptive influence, right? I, I, don't, I don't need him to polarize the squad and you're either with him or against him. Uh, I don't think we need that drama, right? Yeah. So uh, hope, hopefully that doesn't happen. But yeah, I, I think if we are behind uh, with, say, half an hour to go, I would not be surprised to see um, Rafa throw him on, throw Iwobi on, throw Rondon on. I mean, he's, got, he's got options now, which is nice. You know, we, we've not often had options. We've definitely not had the, the Rondon option before. Um, I know we had Josh King and for some reason, I have no idea why Carlos signed him because, oh my God, Carlos just did not give him a fair shake. 
Um, so uh, I, I don't see that happening with Rondon. Rafa, he's, he's a previous player. Um, Rafa has coached him at two different teams. Um, so yeah, I think if we're a goal behind, it might come down to are we, are we controlling the ball and getting the ball in the box? If we are, then I don't see Hannes coming in. Then I see Rondon coming in and giving us that extra physical aerial battler in the box. Because going up against you know me and Tarkovsky, I, I, I want to see Rondon absolutely like you know go in there and and cause chaos. So, um, but if if the problem is uh, like we've seen before, right? We're losing the midfield battle and we're not even getting the ball to Dom. Like we've seen games where Dom has touched the ball like 20 times in 80 minutes, right? So if that's what's happening, then I think that is the time to bring on a Hamas and then it will be and, and, and try and stretch uh, Burnley and try and get the ball. Because if Burnley take the lead, you know they're going to close up shop, right? So yeah. then in that case, it, it, is it, can we get the ball in the box? If we can, then bring on Rondon. And if we can't even get to their half or the final third, then we bring on Hamas. Yeah, I, um, you know, obviously Rondon, I mean, it seems like Dom is good to go. It seems like he's going to play through this injury. I guess yeah. there is that small chance that he does, that Rondon does start because Dom is just not there or has, suffers yeah. a setback between Friday and, and, and today Monday, or tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I think the Hamas situation, and I've said on the thing before, you know, it's, it, it's, it's really frustrating when he goes out there and he, comments on the club and it doesn't feel like he really cares about the club and stuff like that. But again, like you said, he looks like he's going out there to prove a point. It looks like he's motivated in some sense. And quite frankly, we're paying him a lot of money and he's going to be on the club until at least January. So I don't care how he gets motivated. Just go out there. And when you're asked to perform, perform. So, you know, right now that's all you can ask. So um, I don't think, he will start based on the fact that I think everybody, for the most part, in those positions is uh, they're, they're set. Up. Yeah. So I think it's set. I yeah. think Rafa has his lineup, um, and I think that's what he's going to go with. But if you know, if we do get into a spot where, like you said, if we have to break down uh, Burnley and need to find some creativity, maybe he comes on, and um, you know, we could see Rondon in this game. Um, who really knows? I think there's a lot that's up in the air with this match. And I think um, in terms of, of, of what could happen later in the game, in terms of subs and whatnot, it yeah. is nice to have these options. It's nice to have attacking options of Rondon, attacking options of Hamas, of Anthony Gordon, while also right. having some other options on the bench uh, defensively as well. So that will be nice to have as opposed to in certain situations last year, we did not have. Um, no. But again, I think the starting lineup set, I think everything after that is, you know, when you'll start to see some of these other players come in and try and make an impact. Um, and again, it depends on how the game goes. So we will see. Um, your prediction for this game, Calvin? What do you What do you think? <laughs> oh man, I I think it's going to be tight. I don't think this is going to be a big win. I don't even if it's a more open game. I don't see an offensive explosion here. Um, I, I I do believe having the fans back at Goodison is, is a big factor. And the fact that it's, a, it's like a Monday night game, I, I, I think that everyone's going to be you know, pretty amped. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I, I'd say 2-1. I, I see a 2-1, at least a one-goal win. Let's put it that way. 
Mm-hmm. Um, of course, they could completely prove us wrong and go win 4-3 and I'll take it. Um, I think Rafa is not going to be thrilled if we ship three goals and still win. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I see a one-goal win and I, I think it's going to be an ugly game uh, in a lot of senses in the sense that it's going to be, you know, me and Tarkov's going to be throwing themselves around. You know, Richardson's going to be rolling around a lot in this game. Um, so there's, there's going to be a lot of that going on. It's going to be some bad blood. There'll be some yellow cards in this one for sure. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I just I just want to see us give as good as we get, right? Because like you know, Burnley play physical, um, so it, 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 I think the the tone's gonna get set very early on in the game, right? So you know, if we go in for a couple of full-blooded challenges early in the game, that's gonna amp the crowd up, right? And if when the crowd's roaring and like you know, we really really sort of uh, create that bear pit environment there. I, 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 I see that helping Everton for sure. Uh, we, we struggled last year with no fans at Goodison. Uh, but yeah, I want to say a one goal win. All right. Yeah, no, I think, um, like you said, I think it's going to be tight. I think, I, I don't know if many games this year we're going to blow teams out. I think they, yeah. a lot of games are going to be battles. And hey, I mean, yeah. The Moyes era worked pretty well doing that every single week. So, you know. We have, it did. If, yep, exactly. If the grit and the, the passion is there week in and week out. I think yeah. that's what Everton fans look for. And that's what they, you know, yeah. I think over the past, past few years, that's been the biggest problem with Everton fans and, and the players on the pitch is that yeah. some of them haven't given their 110% week in and week out. Um, and that's why they fall right. in love with players like Seamus. But I think we're going to see yeah. a tight one in this match. Um, I think it's going to be, I don't know. I hate being optimistic. I'm like a pessimist at heart. So I, I, I think I'm going to go with 1-1. It's going to be a tie. I think 1-1. I think it's going to be tight. I think Everton take a lead and then Burnley um, kind of equalize somewhere in like the 60th, 70th minute. And then it plays out from there and, 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 and it ends in a tie. But which isn't the end of the world, but would love a win. No. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. All right, Calvin, I appreciate you joining me. Thank you for taking the time out and, and coming on the pod. Uh, yeah, thanks, Gina. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, always, always fun talking with you to you guys out there. Thank you for listening. Um, thank you for, for following along. If you need to um, get the episode, make sure you download it every week, subscribe, and whatever you got to do. Um, it's on all the platforms. So uh, whatever you got to, however you're listening, um, tell everyone else to listen as well. Um, that's it for us right now. We'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah, come on, you blues.